This is the G.I. Joburg podcast, where friends get together to discuss the best parts of the best toy line in the world. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by Paul in rainy Johannesburg. Cujo, still getting used to podcasting in the afternoon on the West Coast. Yes, good morning Australia, good night South Africa, and good afternoon North America. Yeah, boys, how's everybody doing? Pretty good. Uh, I've got to say, I mean, uh, I got to celebrate uh, my birthday recently, and uh, yeah, I, I got a bit spoiled, which is cool. And other than that, uh, yeah, really good, hey? Like, happy. How about Cooge? How's the West Coast treating you, my friend? I did see some of the pictures of that happiness, Paul. It looked like a great time. Um, <laughs> well, uh, if you're on the West Coast, if you're on the South End, then you know it's on fire. And a lot of the people are too, but we're pretty chill. We got some good smoke to chill us out too. Um, Steven, how's Australia? It's getting hot, baby. It might be, <laughs> fortunately, not on fire, but uh, it is, it's blazing. Um, I have not felt a winter just yet. It's been kind of beach day all year round, but now it's getting to the kind of weather where you start streaming with sweat just sitting wherever you are. So it's a hot, you know duck from AC to AC kind of game, and it's times like this when <laughs> I really lament the fact that I grew up in a, a part of the world where there's no heating in winter and no AC in summer. The temperature is always very moderate, because I'm just not used to the extreme ends of the mercury, man. Get used yeah, to it. I believe it's super hot in Australia. Well, I mean, think about it. It's akin to our experience uh, of the United States. You know, 2018, we were there in summer. It's that kind of like you're sticky all the time kind of weather. Mm. Mm-hmm. We feel like a spider's crawling on you or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the United States is a land of extremes because when it's cold, it is cold. There's so many different climate zones within the United States. So, I mean, there are parts of the U.S. which are like Cape Town. I think San Francisco probably never gets too cold, never gets too hot. Am I right, Cooch? I, I can give you the quick, dirty rundown. Um, you're right. It's it's all over the spectrum. Right now, the East Coast is getting stormed on. The Midwest is feeling some fierce winds. The Rockies, that stops a lot of the drama before it hits the West Coast. So... We don't get a lot of rain, but we got pollution, so we got that going for us. Oh, delight. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely... even for the sport. <laughs> right. <laughs> you had to pick me for sport, the most unsportsmanlike member of this podcast. Yeah, I'm that's the joke, you. right? <laughs> uh, yes, theater sports. Anyways, gents, we've talked uh, everything but toys and G.I. Joe goodness. Uh, I'd like to lead the charge by saying that Word Burglar has... We, we knew this coming up. I mean, he had successfully funded his vinyl um, presentation of Welcome to Cobra Island within 48 hours. But he surpassed Cheers. that goal uh, by 150%. And he is moving into the production process, which will take some time, but he's already uh, sending out the digital incentives and says that there will be two extra treats for everyone who backed. Uh, and he's getting work, getting to work on sending those out as well in the post. Very exciting. Isn't that the best thing about our modern age? Buying stuff electronically and receiving it in the post. Oh, what a time to be alive. But the coolest uh, thing that I just realized about the vinyl is that it's pressed in green. 
It's a snake green record with the Welcome to Cobra Island artwork on the front side and then on the back, the track listing. Oh, man, what fun. Thematically, it doesn't match up, but it's still a nice touch, agreed? Hey, man, seeing a green record on your platter, that's cool. It's unique. It's oh, unique. always nice to see colored wax, man, always. What would you prefer, like a Cobra Burgundy? Well, I mean, you know, actually, I think I think green is is unique, so it's a good call. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna kind of go down that road because you, you would could, want asp blue, right? Oh, you know it. But you could, dude, you could have the fat cobra symbol on it. Maybe that'll be for the second pressing. Uh, he's very careful to not dance on trademarks. Mm. Yes. So, hence why you haven't seen a fat cobra symbol anywhere on the the album artwork. Touche. Yeah, man. But I think within the realm of, of legalities, uh, Word Burglar has done a fantastic job. I mean, he doesn't shy away from very, very deep cuts to G.I. Joe uh, lore in his lyrics. Like, that's that's somewhere where, you know, trademarks be damned. He's all about that stuff. And, oh, yes, the uh, the lyrics will be printed on the, um, the well, what would you call it, the inlay? Yeah, the, no, the, the the paperwork that you get with the the record. So I'm very excited to be a, a recipient eventually when this bad boy is out the door. But shall we wrap up new shit section with uh, some Inktober buzz, Kujo? Let's do it. Um, it wasn't a prolific year for GI Joe Inktober, but there was some nice ones. You guys have peeped them. If you're scrolling through, uh, you might you might know him as the Bungie art director, Garrett Moreland. He did turn up with some Joe art. And uh, guys, do you have any words about his snake eyes and or his Destro? Maybe even the intense eyes of Cobra Commander. Take your time. I think he, sh- he should be giving Rob Liefeld some lessons. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful piece, but I'm no yeah. artist. Well, I'm looking at Garrett Moreland's. G.I. Joe stuff at the moment, and I really love that Snake Eyes. Not too in love with the, the Destro. Well, actually, that's not fair to say. I I think it's a damn cool artwork, um, and it's, uh, it certainly is a great sketch. I'm just It's not my like favorite artwork, but I love that Snake Eyes. How dare you? We have really, employed really artists in the house. Um, <laughs> well, I mentioned that. Not to stroke, but just uh, maybe they're looking at making a G.I. Joe game. Hmm. Also, another person that caught my eye was Stephen Coughlin. And it's as close as high art as you're going to see G.I. Joe touch this year, I think. Uh, Your thoughts? It is the scene from The Beach in issue 46. Remember when uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are ripping through a bunch of eels, etc. And then we all know what happens when Baroness meets him on the beach. Uh, guys, do you have any feelings about this art style? What do you think? Oof, that's a moment that I think we all need a reminder of, especially since this uh, episode's recording coincides with Halloween. <laughs> that mm. Storm Shadow is a zombie, guys. He's a reanimated corpse. Baroness shot him dead. And that moment on the beach, oh, just such lovely graphical touches. Like, yeah. aside from the arts, like, just the layouts, the... the um. The implication of a, a beach slope and a hiss tank in the background. Beautiful stuff. And very unique. 
And uh, if I would mention one last person, uh, you know him in the Joe community, uh, Skinny Joe fan. Uh, I think he also uh, has a different name. You might know him as Joe Aficionado. Guys, he was the first person I gave an animal companion to. Do you remember who the, what the animal was? Gear Monster. Wow. Now you're mm. asking me. <laughs> Gear <Gia> Monster. <laughs> no. No, I think everybody knows Joe Joe Fan, Skinny Joe Fan. He turns up, he's at conventions. He did do cosplay for Bobby Vala's bone collector character, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he did ask me once upon a time, because I, I gave him as an animal companion a greyhound. And he said, why'd you give me a greyhound? I didn't have the answer then. Um, if you're out there, brother, I raise a glass. Um, skinny Joe Fan gets a skinny breed of dog. Oh, come on, Cooge. That's a bit root oh. one. It is, but the, the the deeper layer is that when I first started looking at Joe tweets, he was the best Joe tweeter out there. He was the fastest one. So there it is, brother. There's the origin story for the Greyhound. Um, right on. Look, if anyone's scratching their heads, I mean, this is not making great radio talking about artworks, but if you do have access to YouTube, this podcast will be available on our channel and we will have the visual cues. Hey. Yeah. But he he was the most consistent Inktober Joe Art. I like the the bearded dragon one. Um, he had some nice uh, buggy tweets. Uh, yeah, cheers, man. Uh, good stuff. Uh, we have ahead Joe Vember. Paul, are you looking to participate? I'm not gonna do the whole month. What I might do is is I will do some Joe Vember sketches for the art stream. So that's definitely gonna happen. Alrighty. Yeah, so I'll see if I can get some community involvement there, get the guys to come and join me, and um, yeah, and see what's what's happening. Oh, uh, dude, don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have done all every day of um, of November, but it's just I I just won't be able to. I mean, work has already got me so like wired. No worries, brother. No worries. Uh, to wrap this great radio, um, I'll say. I'm going to attempt to turn up in November uh, and do some file card sketches. If you're in the Joe community and you want a sketch of your Joe character, hit me up and we'll get it out there. That's pretty much all I got, guys. Gentlemen, the inspiration for this episode of our podcast has got to be a new item that I received just yesterday. And it's something that I've always been very lukewarm about, at least conceptually. And it is the G.I. Joe Steel Brigade. To those of you in the know, I got the C-type Steel Brigade. He makes use of Duke's upper body and Airborne's legs. And I freaking love this toy, guys. <laughs> Could you say I've turned the corner? Yes, you can. Yeah, dramatically. Because <laughs> that's that's a vintage Joe I'm very keen on getting my hands on. It's not an easy one to get your hands on because Bobby Vallis just buying them all, isn't he? <laughs> He's a hoarder for Steel Brigade uh, and a trademark that he now owns. Good job, Bob. But guys, look, I couldn't resist. It was mixed in with a lot of figures. Uh, from a seller who clearly did not know what he had his hands on. And maybe I should have some sympathy for that and have let him know. But don't worry, the final bid uh, made it worth his while. 
uh, because while he didn't know he had a steel brigade mixed in there, let me tell you, the other bidders did. So it came down, like, I only start my bidding process within the last 30 seconds. I am what you would call a sniper. But hey, man, if you're not paying attention in those last 30 seconds, you deserve to lose. <laughs> yeah, but at least you're not a bot. That's a whole different ball game. I'm faster than bots. What are you talking about? Uh, no, I don't know. Okay, look, John. Look, let's just say that um, in the final analysis, I didn't get a sweet deal on this figure. I got it at a competitive price in today's market. So for the entire lot, I spent I spent about 100 US, just over 108. And that was for six figurines. You know, a steel brigade and some fairly common figures. Leatherneck Lifeline, Snow Serpent, Thrasher, and Crazy Legs. No accessories, except for hey, uh, an accessory pack AK-47, the one that came with the Cobra Officer, that mold, uh, in a very cool off-white. So it's a perfect stand-in oh, for perfect. the Snow Serpent. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Anyways, and Lifeline came with a backpack. Nice. And unlike the Lifeline backpack that I already own, this one can actually, like, insert quite deeply into his back. So, clearly, there is some variation in just the machining of these parts. Sometimes you get a backpack that just will not go in all the way. Sometimes you get a backpack that will. So, it's it's really just a, a, a matter of microns between the hole and the post. Anyways, we're talking about the Steel Brigade... And this is my favorite version of the Steel Brigade because I actually own his rifle somewhat separately. The C variant goes with the gray version of the Crimson Guard rifle, which I've always regarded as the sweetest assault rifle in the G.I. Joe vintage line. And I found this one in Dublin City Comics in Ireland. Yeah. So a nice little story stitching these things together. Kujo, you wanted to say something, my friend? Well, I, I do have maybe some hairs to split about the best assault rifle, but um, I don't know. Maybe you'll get to it. What what a, what turned the corner? Obviously, in hand, there's a couple things the Steel Brigade has working for it. The helmet is approachable, but I'm curious how you describe it. And was it the colors? Was it just the tangibility? What, what, what turned the corner for you? I think the whole mythos that this is me this is my avatar this is how i insert myself into the gi joe lore that's what it comes down mm. to the reason i was always soured on steel brigade as an adult was because i never i never liked the idea of an entire battalion of green shirts but steel brigade isn't that they're not green shirts they are absolutely unique characters they are the most unique characters because they are you, and they incorporate all of your uniqueness. They just are every walk of life, every character type, every every nationality, in fact, uh, can be a Steel Brigade member. But to get back to my point, I never really liked the idea of non-G.I. Joe G.I. Joes mixed in with the G.I. Joes. It kind of muddied things. But this is me appreciating it as an adult and not wanting these kind of Frank and Joe imposters uh, in my display. If you can dial your minds back to your reception of Steel Brigade as a child, 
Man, uh, the story I tell is the fact that I saw it in a comic book. It, it was actually a Transformers comic book issue, uh, the advertisement. And even though it was like the mid-90s by that point and the offer had long since expired and was only really available to the United States anyway, I sent away for it <laughs> to Port Tucket, Rhode Island. I tried to get a Steel Brigade figure out of Hasbro. Um, obviously to no avail and no response, but I very excitedly filled out that form. I kind of wish I could find out what my options were. Maybe it's possible to do the old pencil, um, uh, you know, you kind of put a piece of paper over the comic book and try and, 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 and fill in the, the indentations on the page. I wonder, I doubt it. I don't think, uh, uh, newsprint will hold uh, indentations very long. Mm-mm. Not at all. No wishful thinking. Yeah, Steve. sadly. But I just thought this was the coolest thing ever, uh, and I'm pretty sure you did too when you discovered Steel Brigade for the first time. Cooch, can you dial your mind back to that initial impression? I can, and I tried to remember how often he was my main after I got him because it feels like a lot. And I'll say this, like, the helmet, I would later kind of fall in love with it again as as a cog would be wearing it in Gears of War. Uh, that d- definitely took me back. Uh, that put Steel Brigade on a battlefield for me. But the helmet, it, there's something approachable about it. There's something almost introspective when you look at the picture. Uh, and I just kind of, yeah, I, I, I immersed myself and I think the ad gives it away. GI Joe is the brand that brings you in. You're not going to frickin' Eternia or whatever, but, but you're a GI Joe, you know, it says in capital letters, we're looking at it. You can be a real American hero. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you're enlisting. <laughs> it's in capital letters, dude. They, they weren't playing around. So um, yeah, I think I fell in love with it aesthetically. I think for uh, either by accident or or whatever, those colors they're they're earthy. They're uh, again they're they're approachable. I, I don't know what else to say. What what do you see when you're looking at it, Paul? Artistically? Ooh, dude, I um I like the helmet. Well, you know I love the helmet. I, I mean, I used it in my own comic. It's it's just one of those things that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit of Vader. It's a little bit of... Lamprey. Yeah, yeah. If you check and... around the back, like the paneling, that it's kind of segregated. It, it, and it repeats the sort of... The, the color in the front is repeated in the back. Uh, it does have a Lamprey G.I. Joe spin to it. It's almost got the backside of like an Endor Rebel, you know, fighter helmet. A little bit. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. A little bit, a little of... bit. That thickened section toward the base. Mm. Firstly, I do like it, and I think I've always found it to uh, found that it looks very sci-fi. Actually, whoa, um, Paul! Whoa, what the hell just happened, man? It's like your audio quality just took a gigantic leap. <laughs> what? Is it possible that the internet gods have just smiled on us, or is indeed this a different recording session altogether? You will oh. never know. <laughs> Dear listener, you're peering behind the curtain of G.I. Joburg. Oh, man, what a shit show. Anyways, Paul, please continue. Cool, man. Yeah, so they, uh, I've always found them to have like a very cool sort of sci-fi kind of vibe to them. And um, I remember the first time I saw them, uh, it was actually 
on the actual little questionnaire where you can fill in to, to become a, a steel brigade, which I, I think is powerful course for most people. And I just remember seeing this little guy and going, oh, that's actually a really, really cool toy. I wonder like who that's supposed to be. And then after a bit of investigation, I found out, nope, that's a special, unique figure. But yeah, I dig it. I think um, I, I think it kind of straddles the line between being military and futuristic, especially for the time that has come out. And well, uh, Paul, Paul, you say it's a special, unique figure, but the it's truth not really. is, it's a well, it's a Frankenjoe. Yeah, the uniqueness all springs from the head, right? But that's the thing, you know. As a kid, that I was laser focused on that because, to be fair, dude, I think um, I think there's uh, not cross country um, airborne. I think it's airborne's parts that are put into him. If I'm not mistaken, mm, primarily th- there's a lot of scrap iron as well, and then in the second to last releases of the Steel Brigade, they just used Duke's torso. Yeah, so those are actually GI Joe toys I have never seen. Like I was completely unfamiliar with. Um, I've never, I never saw Airborne Duke or um, scrap iron until much later, until I was actually an adult. Until then, I didn't know. I knew that the the characters existed for sure, and I think I saw Duke for the first time in a in a robot chicken episode. But before then, I mean, those body parts, everything about this figure was pretty new for me. Oh, was it not in the pages of Toy Fair magazine that you saw Duke for the first time? Oh wait, yeah, it could be Twisted Toy Fair Theater, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they often had Theater. sort of yeah. vintage GI Joes kind of mixed in. On the pages of Toy Fair. I think that was when Rob and I got our first glimpses at, like, vintage, vintage Joes. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it, in fact, there's a great little strip in there where they're, like, shooting at each other in the living room. And Spider-Man comes through and then he just, like, puts his finger on one of their guns so that it actually doesn't point up. And it kills, like, a Cobra Trooper. And everybody stops and they're like, that's not how we play. (laughs) (laughs) Seems to uh, preempt that episode of Community. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> Poke, in a big poking way. fun at the the warring factions and no one dies. Anyways, getting back to Steel Brigade, uh, there is another very unique touch which you're only actually going to get the benefit of when you've got this figure in hand. There's a very very fine tamper on his left bicep. It's beautiful in that the text is actually legible. It says Steel Brigade. It's a cool oh. badge. Yeah. In fact, when uh, when Kim unboxed my Steel Brigade figure, something that patrons might uh, be all too familiar with, uh, she was like, is this guy a policeman? <laughs> He's got like a badge on his, uh, you know, like a, a shoulder flash or a, I don't know, badge on his bicep. And I was like, nope, that's the cool Steel Brigade design. I think it's like a star. Yeah. I can't quite make it out. A star and maybe like a, a wing on the one side of the star. And a sword set into the star. Well, the sad thing is, it's a detail they never brought over to the modern era uh, when they did the modern era re- re-release. Uh, and these guys are great. The modern era re-release of the Steel Brigade uh, is a fantastic toy, actually. And it's also a Franken-Joe for the most part. Um, but it's just, it pulls off, uh, pulls itself off so convincingly. Like, I love it. I, I really dig it. Like, this is the only Steel Brigade I own are modern era Steel Brigades. So I don't have the luxury of seeing the, the, the cute little nuances on the on the vintage figure. However, I do love the, the, the fact that the helmet on the modern one is an accessory. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just a signature look. It is a removable interactive piece. Of course, underneath it, you've just got the standard balaclava. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I suppose 
Hey, there always exists the opportunity to use it as a custom item, as yeah. good old Jim Godfrey did for uh, Cujo's avatar. Yeah. With the interchangeable head. Yeah, yeah. Folks on YouTube are getting the benefit of an awesome image right about now. Mm. What are you waiting for, listener? Head over to YouTube and uh, get us another hit. <laughs> but also one more thing that's worth mentioning on the design of these uh, Steel Brigade guys is I remember when when David and I were talking about it, and for our listeners, David's my Chinese friend. Um, he said that this guy looks a lot like um, Space Police, like from old days, Space Police Galvan. I think it's Galvan or whatever, but they're like Power Rangers. It's like the same kind of thing. Or is it Space Police or Armored Police? Anyway, David used to have these really cool uh, 12-inch figures. They're like Power Ranger-style uh, characters, so they it's like a Super Sentai type thing. And then they have this armor that you can put on top of them. And they had these great like guns that came in briefcases, and you open them up, and the gun like unfolded and shot these little orange missiles. And like that is uh, for me like the best example of you know missiles that really shoot kind of thing. Uh, which is, but anyway, they they had that look. They their helmets were very similar in style to what the Steel Brigade kind of went for. Space Sheriff Gavin. Yeah, so that's the one. Um, and then the other one is called. Uh, what is it armored police uh armored police force or something i don't want to google now because i don't want to make clacky clackies while we while we're busy chatting yeah space sheriff gavin looks a lot like vr troopers that's the one that's one of them yeah Hmm. nice so that's a fun one and then the other one is like i said that um space police or not uh, space police armored armored police leo uh, i just want to make sure police sentai pat ranger yeah, so it's the, the the Pat Ranger one is the one, if I'm not mistaken. Blue Centurion. <laughs> oh, man, they have these cool guns and things. Like I can't find any pictures of them yet, but I'll make sure that I have some shots for our YouTube um, version of this. And then you can check some of the stuff. But there is a bit of a similarity there to, to what the Steel Brigade guys offer. You know, there, there is a little bit of Super Sentai borrowing from the design. I wouldn't necessarily say they cribbed it from there. I just think it's just... A design language from that era. Getting back to the modern interpretation of the Steel Brigade, it's successful in approximating the design with a lot of existing modern era parts and just adding the helmets into the mix. But what it doesn't approximate and what is so important to the mythology of the Steel Brigade has got to be the custom cards. File cards. <laughs> Can you call them file cards? They weren't the sort of file folder shape of the classic G.I. Joe file cards, sadly. These were printed out pieces of paper <laughs> with the old printer tracks on the side, you know, for like the, the paper feed, that you would personalize as part of the mail-in offer. And that, that is so key to what makes up Steel Brigade. Wouldn't you agree, gents? Oh, yeah. I think so. Before we walk towards... Uh... You know the functionality. I did want to uh, ask both Paul and Stephen if, it, like the the Steel Brigade helmet, does it walk the line between being maybe a little safe and also being like it could be a good guy? Because I mean, like most helmets can give off like an intimidating aura. I don't get that from the Steel Brigade. Do you? Well, you 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 used the word earlier, Cooge, that it's very approachable, and I think there's some some magic in that. It's um. It's one of those situations where you've got a good guy with a completely masked head. 
And in classic G.I. Joe, there aren't that many examples. There's barbecue. <laughs> There's also the ice cream soldier. But even sci-fi has a mouth, you know. There's a, a human element to that that head sculpt. With the Steel Brigade, you're missing that. So, like, it's it's a very delicate game for a good guy to walk. But therein lies the magic because all of a sudden he can be a fighter jet pilot. He can be a robot. He can be a spaceman. Like, there's a lot of flexibility in the in the everyman nature of this helmet and this body sculpt. I don't know, man. It's it's a signature look. I think it's become a lot more than than what it's set out to be. I think if you're talking signatures, the closest thing to a signature on that helmet has got to be the uh, the silver black kind of texturing around the mouth, that uh, wavy kind of. Oh yeah, sort of vented piece that snout it's the most signature part for me these are the kind of questions that come up at 7 a.m in the morning dear listener (laughs) (laughs) um well i i was drawing have uh, you you set your clocks back is it seven cooch um i think it's uh no it's it's past that now but you guys are wanting to chat at seven i just happened to be a little late out of the rack (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I thought uh, I thought the timing was eight o'clock for you, but uh, maybe maybe the clocks have shifted. Yeah, God bless. Ah, oh, daylight oh. saving. What a fuck up. Anyway, so fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Um, I did a quick like sketch of my character. What should I say? My steel brigade guy uh, as part of the show. And as I was sort of like uh, looking at the reference and looking at the modern era helmet and the vintage one, I got to say it's. It's very approachable in the right light, you know. So if if like a guy, if, you know, if you're a kid and you know, a steel brigade guy came up, came up to you and he was like, "Don't worry, kid, we've got this," you'd be like, "Oh, okay, cool." But if you're on the wrong side of them, I think they look very intimidating, and I think the light on them completely completely changes because they do have a kind of a like. If you look at that that face, the the frontmost part of the mask, it's kind of like a. It's like the spot. It looks like almost like three teeth, like a skull, and it kind of makes like a weird kind of skull shape kind of thing to it. And it looks a little bit scary, actually. Um, if, for example, that guy was after you, or there will be trouble. Yeah, <laughs> now, that are alive. It just occurred to me, you. like it kind of looks like the third member of Daft Punk, if there was. Such a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gentlemen. I think it's time we played a little game. And I don't know if it's ever been done before, but uh, it's certainly going to be G.I. Joburg history. With the customizability of these characters, you had the pro forma tick boxes, right? Mm-hmm. You had to put together your character using the options provided. I think it tells you so much about your fellow G.I. Joe fan to see what options they selected. So, indulge me, gents. We're going to go through the form and maybe even try and guess what our selections would have been. And just so before I mess it up, what are the rules? (laughs) Just so our listeners also know. (laughs) Well, Paul, off air, you were telling me that you've still got your filled out form from back in the day. I do, yes. That is incredible. Like I was saying earlier on the pod... I snipped mine off and sent it out. Never got it back, never got any kind of response, but I wish I still had the filled-in form now. 
in many respects, that's more valuable to me than any response from Hasbro would have been. Because I wish I knew what 10-year-old Steve filled in. You, <laughs> however, you know. I do know. So I'm going to implore you to give us actually two sets of answers. Okay. Give us your 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 what you filled in back in whenever it was, 1993. And give us your idealized options now. Cool. Okay. Cooch, what are you going to do, pal? Well, I did uh, once upon a time have this printout. And I got to be honest, it wasn't all that captivating back in the day. But uh, Mm -hmm. no, I I think uh, I'll let Paul step into this one first and give me his wish list. And uh, I think I'll follow. Well, you know what? I think what we're going to do and what uh, I'm going to advise the listeners to do as well is get this image in front of you. It's easy mm-hmm. enough to do. The uh, the best way to, to actually get these fields is to head to a website called projectsteelbrigade.wordpress.com. You can actually fill out the form for G.I. Joe Steel Brigade, Silverhead Steel Brigade, or Goldhead Steel Brigade. You can fill it out in an Action Force version. You can fill it out in G.I. Joe Canada version. Uh, you can even do the Create a Cobra questionnaire. And the guys at Project Steel Brigade, for a nominal fee, will work up your answers in the authentic style. I've had this done. It's incredible. For one ninety nine, you can get a digital version. For two ninety nine, you can get a print-ready version. And then for $4.48, you can get print-ready and digital. So... I went and printed mine out, guys, so it's staring me <laughs> in the face right now. I, oh, cool. I freaking I love this thing. It really completes the set because now I have my Steel Brigade's figure and a personalized card. Because, you know, these figures are off, you know, they are freely bought and sold on the aftermarket. But very few of them come with the file card, which is super rare these days because it's just a piece of paper. Um, easily lost, easily torn, easily stained easily thrown away but even if you did track down a file card to go with your steel brigade figure it wouldn't be personalized to you so what project steel brigade seeks to do is so vital and so important and i'm so glad they're doing it anyways enough sales pitch the link will be in the description to this podcast i insist i i i advise (laughs) any any fan of steel brigade to to Throw some bucks at these guys and and get your own printout. It's so cool. I'm gonna get mine laminated. <laughs> I will get. Anyways, I'll print mine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get mine. You're gonna get yours done as well. I want to get mine done, but when I get myself a steel a steel brigade uh, vintage. Sounds about right, Paulie. Sounds about right. But to play this game, dear listener, get the options. Get the order form in front of you, and. Along with us, we're going to go through the questions one by one. Uh, we're going to guess <laughs> guess our fellow G.I. Joe Burgers uh, options. Uh, and then, of course, do a reveal. I'm going to kick it off by saying let's not do the code names up front. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, code names are kind of evocative of what your specialty would be. So let's let's leave the code names as a reveal for the end. So that means we're going to kick off with question number two you would most characterize yourself as okay a leader 
You're always in control of any situation and inspire confidence. A corpsman, you're the backbone of any group. Quiet, efficient, powerful. Or a loner. You value getting the job done over all else. <laughs> Already I'm worried that the three of us are going to pick the same options. <laughs> we are two alike. Paul, do you want to kick this off? Yeah, so nine-year-old me um, that got this little piece of paper, and this little um, questionnaire on the back of the Terror in the Tundra um, catalog, which... Um, I was so excited about that I borrowed it from David and then filled, filled in all of the little details in pencil, which I still have today, <laughs> which really oh, pissed him so off back cool. in the day. <laughs> but anyway. I wonder if that would be for a gold head. It is for a gold head, yeah. It's for the gold oh, head. Oh, wow. Head. Yeah. yeah. Kicking so yourself, you didn't get that uh, back. But as Hooded Cobra Commander said in his review of the gold head, it looks like it's, you know, it's an officer because he's wearing a different uniform to the rest. Yeah. But why any officer would want to wear a uniform that garish, it's anybody's guess. You know, it's like he's going to Mardi Gras. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ho- Hoodie says it looks like a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> His code name is like Drawfire or something. Anyway, um, okay, so this is nine-year-old me that's answering this stuff. So it's going to be quite stupid, which I love. Anyway, you would most characterize yourself as check one. So I checked a leader. You're always in control of any situation. That's where mine ends. <laughs> I never would have guessed that, but uh, sounds like a nine-year-old Paul answer. Mm. I'm going to guess that you would now tend more towards a loner. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Storm Shadow up in here. <laughs> yeah, I can see how this is going to go. Paul's going to try and check all the answers that would push him into Storm Shadow territory. And Kujo is going to try and tick all the answers that take him into the occult kind of specialty. But uh, I fear I fear those two camps are not very well catered to by these questions. Kujo, I'm going to also assume you'd say loner. Hmm. It's hard to reach back that far, but with most of these, I can. Um, on this one, uh, just to, just to vary it up, maybe I would have gone with loner because I did grow up in the country. I did spend days at a time hiking, etc. Um, but I, I, I'll, I'll go Cor- Corman. You know, I, I'll listen first. Um, I try and be steady, and uh, the the whole efficiency thing. I don't exactly have that, but. <laughs> What about you, Stephen? I indicated loner, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my adult life has kind of shown me to be someone that really thrives in my alone time. Yeah. Isn't that the mark of an introvert versus an extrovert? Extroverts yeah. energize themselves by being in the company of people. Introverts energize by being separate and alone. But now that the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm like, People energize me as well. Yeah. So you there's, can... only, there's, only, there's only so much of that that I could take. Yeah. So what you are is, and you and I are similar in that respect, is that we're introverts with extrovert qualities. So we... we <laughs> no, but it's, it's actually a real thing. We can actually... We can thrive around people. Like we are good at being in spaces like retail or sales or performance or whatever. But like when we get away from that, we really want to just be by ourselves with our toys or our video games or our art or whatever have you so i feel though that that's not entirely special at all i think that's most people uh, you'd be know. surprised 
You'd be surprised. There's, I, I know people who, for example, always have to have people around them, like all the time. You know, like if they don't have people around them, I think they start scratching the paint off the walls. You know, and and those people for me, like, I, I, and I'm speaking about a friend of mine here who is a, a terrific person, by the way. It's just that he's forever inviting us to like events, to like things, and it's like it's great. But by the time I get to the weekend, I'm just like I'm peopled out, <laughs> you know. And yeah, I just I just want to be with my people, you know, a little bit, you know. And every now and then I have to I have to sort of go out and be social and, and you know have a few tequilas and stuff, and it's cool. But then. Have to retreat into myself again. Mm, sounds about right. But uh, let's get back to the task at hand, gentlemen. Yeah. Question number three. You're at your best in high stress situations. Suddenly you become all nerves. This is what my questionnaire has. B. When endurance is called for, you are endlessly strong and patient. C. When faced with a difficult decision, you love a challenge. And D. In the heat of action, you have a very high energy level. Now, there are some strange, like, wording alterations between, mm. like, the 1993 catalog and the original one. <laughs> you become all nerves. Yeah. Well, in the in initial offer, it said, suddenly you become all nerve endings and tensed muscle. <laughs> Which I think makes slightly better sense of it than it, the... Uh, it really does. <laughs> the later iterations. But anyways, Kooj, mm. are you best in high-stress situations... Best when endurance is called for, best when faced with a difficult decision, or best in the heat of action? Hmm. Wait, well, shouldn't we guess? Yeah, do it. <laughs> um, I think when endurance is called for. Hmm. What do you think, Paul? You want to put me in a box? Uh, oh, yeah, no, I love putting people in boxes. Um, yeah, actually, I'm going to second that, hey, because I've, I've worked with you on the Black Book and I've, you know, and we were there in the, in the trenches and, you know, that was, you know, you handled that well, actually. Huh. So I would definitely say, yeah, the strong and patient side is definitely a you thing. Well, I'm flexing right now. Um, <laughs> I think this, uh, this does remind me of a, of a strange, uh, I, I don't remember the Bible verse. I never remember people, people's names. But there's something about like in end times, some people will lose their minds and others will just walk the streets as nothing is happening. This kind of reminds me that I think that I'm never that high energy level. So I'm going to knock D off. Um, when faced with a difficult challenge, your logical mind loves it. Yeah, I think that's me just because I'm a good guy. But if I take a little walk, I could be a sociopath. Just joking, guys. Um, but uh, I do love uh, a conundrum. I don't really see it as a bad thing. Uh, what about you, Stephen? When are you at your best? Well, okay, so you're you're at your best when faced with a difficult decision. Mm. I'm gonna s check the endurance category simply because I tend to push myself a little bit too hard at times. Like I don't quite know when to quit. I will I will complete the task. I will complete the task if it kills me. I think that's perhaps a strength and a weakness. I've witnessed this. I've injected that into my steel brigade. <laughs> but I have witnessed this because yes. it has done countless hours of podcast and video editing uh, with a computer that was fighting against him. And yeah, 
and the computer survived and so did Steven. So that's that I, I have to agree with you on that. <laughs> Not to mention the Joke on 2018 experience, which had some superlative highs. Oh, Let's dude. say one of the lowest of lows <laughs> is um what I what I like to call herding cats. <laughs> <laughs> Paul has a tendency to sleep through his alarms, ladies and gentlemen, and they are loud and they're obnoxious and they keep repeating. But that man just, he's the dead. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, I think I was also a little jet lagged. Oh, there were so fair. many tests on that trip. Huge, do you want to take a swipe at what Paul indicated on his form? Hmm, I have worked with Paul. He's a cool customer. Um, I don't know. With your martial arts training, maybe. You could be all nerve endings, but that almost sounds like a deficiency, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it does. It does sound negative. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to go logical mind with you. What do you think? Hey, I like it. Does Steve want to chime in before I give you guys the answers? Because that's more fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. High stress situations. No, I don't think any of us deal well at, at high stress situations. I don't think it's a deficiency, guys. Yeah. I think... Having that fight or flight instinct in high stress situations is kind of, it gives like any combat soldier an edge. Mm. But is that you? Hmm. This is where uh, this question have... is very difficult. Yeah. yeah, I think ten year old you would be like in the heat of the action. Awesome. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's when you're at your best. I can see that. Um, and adult you, gosh logical mind as well when faced with a difficult decision your logical mind loves a challenge oh that's cool to hear no i love that because like yeah childhood me was totally in the heat of action you have a very high energy level and now i sure as shit did <laughs> um, <laughs> get that kid some ritalin and the problem is it's like now that i'm older what makes this so difficult is that um i have dealt with some serious high stress situations in my life that I have managed to endure, you know, and I have managed to push through and in such a degree that at work, I'm known as the guy that's like, nobody knows if I'm under pressure at work. They never know because we could be at the very last uh, stretch of something uh, and the walls are caving in and everything. And I'm just like, cool, getting this shit done, getting stuff done, whatever's. And that's me at work. And then like, if I'm in a car accident, for example, I'm the first one out there. Everybody's like, okay, cool. I'm taking photos for insurance everybody's cool making sure girlfriends okay making sure these people are okay so i, I deal with high stress quite well but it's not how i want to character characterize myself in this i definitely uh agree with you guys when you say when faced with a difficult situation i love the challenge you know like the mental thingy so yeah and then martial arts unfortunately save it for better or worse yeah <laughs> no no i was just gonna say but martial arts training does uh, imbue a sense of endurance and um, patience in you whether you want it or not <laughs> so yeah Cooge, do you want to read out the next question um gi joe team members consider you to be a good friend to all always there when someone needs a hand b the type of man who inspires respect c an offbeat combination of military skill and artistic talent or d uh a maverick no one can keep up with you for long. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw my hat into the ring and say uh, we all probably indicated C, an offbeat combination of military skill and artistic talent. 
I mean, come on. I'm in the presence of like fine artists. <laughs> uh, and me, I, I tread the boards. I think there's no yeah, denying yeah. it, gents. Yeah, man. No, no, but like, and you guys all have military skill to some degree as well, because, you know, Stephen, <sighs> as an artist, you know, as, as a performer, you know, you get to take on lots of roles and those roles give you different things, you know, and then you've got your whole, you know, the way you craft stories for G.I. Joe Bergen and things like that and how you come up with some of the sort of military uh operation you know and that that in itself is it's a very militaristic style of thinking you know i have an honorary doctorate in larry harmer <laughs> military jargon ho 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 but as a as a kind of a runner up choice if c was off the table i would say that both of you guys are a good friend to all oh, always yeah. there when someone needs a hand hmm. yep that's that's what 10 year old me ticked or 9 year old me ticked oh <laughs> nice yeah. i'm starting to feel like you idolized roadblock then at uh at that age or that kind of roadblock archetype i would never have thought of it that way um you see what i will well, say he's maybe... the backbone of the gi joe team like yeah. in terms of like just being that kind of larger than life personality who will pull up his teammates when they are down that's his function I think in a lot of ways, I'm still that guy. Um, I know with work stuff, I'm also regarded as that guy. I was told this on my birthday, which was fun. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you now, the last three questions, or uh, yeah, the last three questions that I, we, we've answered, you know, when we come back to the first one, remember, I'm an only child, so I didn't have siblings. And so I didn't want to be a loner, you see. So mm. that's, yeah, so for four, the nine-year-old me is totally going to go good friend to all because when you're a loner, when you are essentially a loner, you do want to be friends, you know, you do want to have friends and things like that. And so, yeah, and in my life, I've been burnt a lot by being a friend to people who didn't necessarily deserve, and this always sounds so trite, but maybe didn't deserve me as a friend in their lives because I was treated like shit a lot of the times by people. That's why... You know, I don't have these long-running high school friends or primary school friends or whatever because a lot of people screwed me over, you know? Hmm. So, 10-year-old me was totally that guy. Cooch, who are you in this group, in, in this one? Are you the offbeat combination of military skill and artistic talent? I do like those words. And and who knew the uh, Steel Brigade questionnaire would bring out our dark secrets? Dark right? place! Um, <laughs> <let's see. laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever really been too concerned with with endearing myself to people but uh i i think uh the good friend i gotta throw that out i don't really inspire a whole lot of respect because i'm irreverent and i'm casual and uh yeah it's, it seems to be my uh communication but uh let's see a maverick that's definitely not me either so yeah yeah i am a, i am a good friend i do run social media at times <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that at the end of the day, my Steel Brigade is probably a support guy. He's probably going to be the second guy through the door. Got your back. Cool. Nice. Okay, great. I mean, if I hadn't checked offbeat combination of military skill and artistic talent, <laughs> I probably would have gone with a Maverick just because it sounds cool. It does sound No cool. one can keep up with you for long. I, I don't mean <laughs> to make it weird, but honestly, the only person that fits that bubble is rob cheers brother um yeah here's to you group. rob 
Nobody can keep up with you for long, brother. Come back. Um, yeah, yeah. Not when he doesn't want to be <laughs> kept up with. Service branch. Hey, are we mm-hmm. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, or Coast Guard? I now, know none of us are not. <laughs> Hey, hey, respect the Coast Guard. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I'm looking at you, brother. I'm looking at you. No, Coast Guards are hardcore, man. No, they are hardcore. I full on respect for them, but I just know that none of us chose that. <laughs> so G.I. Joe could do with a few more. It's cutter and cutter. Top side. <laughs> and and right. top side. Hold on, let me reach back real quick to uh Top Side's Navy, bro. Uh, oh yeah, it even says so on his chest. Never mind. <laughs> Jokon, we kept bumping into those two cats. You were you were in the uh, you were searching through figures in that parking garage, and I was talking to those two guys, and those names are slipping me right now because one of them is a Coast Guard. Rob Walsh. There yeah. it is. There it is. Yeah. He's a Dolphins fan. Sorry, brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no. You drew I, him a little caricature, didn't you? I did, I did, and honestly, mm. I have a lot more respect for the Coast Guard now. I did catch uh, like this Reddit about search and rescue off the coast. Uh, it's pretty harrowing. They gotta, they gotta go in after cars go in the water and stuff like that. That's a, uh, that's not an easy job. I love the whole sniping from a helicopter thing when guys are trying to smuggle drugs into Florida, and then hey, let those guys pass. <laughs> they, they intercepted a, a like a small submarine. That's fucking badass. Yes. It's it's cool. Dude jumps on the submarine. How American is that? That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) You will not submerge. (laughs) It's like that scene when um, Magneto tries to pull up a submarine. Oh, man. In first class. Oh, yeah. Matthew Vaughn was definitely my favorite director for a minute. Such a good film. So criminally underrated. (laughs) Anywho, Paul... I'm gonna say that you are straight up army. Uh, not this time. <laughs> Maybe more now. Kujo, ah. <laughs> damn son, are you a marine? No, I'm gonna uh, keep my feet on the ground. Uh, I had a friend, okay. I had a college roommate who was in the army, and I stole his uh, his T-shirt along the way. And I remember people always used to give me such respect for wearing that shirt, and I felt so bad. But yeah. <laughs> In retrospect, I'll, I'll retcon myself into the army because because that's what Steel Brigade is. It's, it's you know the people that people are always looking for specialties, and Steel Brigade is under the radar. Under the radar. No, I disagree. I, I don't think you could necessarily hem Steel Brigade into one service branch. Mm. This is interesting. This is actually, I think, one of the most interesting set of options that we have to choose from because here on GI Joeberg, I don't think we've ever really had a discussion about real military service branches. Mm. and what our feelings are towards each one like what is your perception of the marines for instance paul like i don't know this is this is fascinating so for the fact that you want to be straight up boots on the ground military man kujo picks army all right all right well i can i can see the the steel brigade being like a swat force is that what you're leaning towards well law enforcement sadly isn't on the table Mm. So I can't make an analog to Shockwave. <laughs> Not that I would want to. Shockwave is his own character. But here's the interesting thing with Shockwave. He was a faceless Joe anyway. So he was my avatar in lieu of a Steel Brigade. And, I mean, let's face it, Shockwave's got a superior sculpt, so I probably would have played with him more anyways. 
even if I had a Steel Brigade figure. But um, Paul, regale us, buddy. What service branch did you pick? I I actually went for the Marines. Well, nine-year-old me went for the Marines. Uh, and was that because your view on the Marines had been shaped by, like, full metal jacket or something? Uh, as a kid, I think it was... <laughs> I had a metal Harrier that, you know, it had the Marines tag on it. You know, so it was like a little metal toy Harrier. And I just liked Marines. I just thought, like, they're pretty cool. They... They're army guys, and they get to go on boats, and they get to do stuff. So in my mind, I just thought that that's what the Marines did. They were like ground and sea, you know. And in my in my my childhood brain, Navy was only on the water, Army was only on the ground, and Marines was like ground and water. So I kind of liked mm. that idea as a kid, you know. And Air Force and the the you know their basic training is considered to be the toughest of the kind of the basics. Yeah, I think cool. it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's it's in this order of, of of difficulty. Marines is the top, then army, then navy, and the air force guys have a have an easier basic training. <laughs> Sorry, Bart. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I wonder what Bart has to say about that. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty common knowledge. But hey, I'm a complete civilian in another country, so what do I know? Yeah, exactly. Educate us. <laughs> hmm. Okay, interesting. Cool, the Marines. Oh, and incidentally, about your Harrier, I think only the United States Marine Corps operate Harriers. The Air Force and the Navy don't. Aha, uh-huh. there you go. Yeah. yeah. Break out the Osprey. Okay, what did you think I selected, boys? I have a feeling you went Air Force, because I know you mm. love jets and stuff like that, and you may, and because of your Sky Striker and, and that kind of thing. That's That's kind of what I'm leaning towards. And because you're you... arrogant. No, sure, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I would go with Air Force, too. <laughs> Why, you think the Air Force are the most arrogant branch? Um, That's also part of that layered question. Um, No, but I, I kind of see you as uh, as somebody who would be like a, a fighter jock, that kind of thing. Maybe. Fly boy. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, you know that the Navy has jets as well. Yeah, but and, like, and, and the the navy land their jets on like aircraft carriers, and you know what toy line has an aircraft carrier as its like centerpiece? Which one? Uh, I know this one. I know. This. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stupid question, but seriously, guys, like, if you're talking about snobbery, it's well held that like, let me not upset any navy men out there, but like, you know, navy they're the top dogs. Yeah. They also have different protocols and stuff as well. Different, like, flying protocols. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I mean, the, the the one that comes to mind is refueling tankers for the Navy and the Air Force are different. One is an innie and the other is an outie, whatever. They're not compatible, oh, wow. st- stupidly. But, um... Well, let this be an uh, invite to anybody from those uh, military branches to better explain that to us. Educate us. It's... It's at this juncture that I would say there is an, an analogy between Ace and Maverick from Top Gun. And the analogy is he was a instructor in the Aggressors, which is G.I. Joe basically referencing or creating its own analog to Top Gun. <clears throat> but Top Gun is a naval aviator school, not Air Force. Ace uh-huh. is from the Air Force, but he's flying an F-14 flying or XP-F-14 and landing it on the USS flag. It's like, 
It doesn't make sense, man. He should be a Navy aviator. And to my knowledge, G.I. Joe doesn't have any Navy pilots. Looks like we're picking that military intelligence. Fox, next one for you. (laughs) (laughs) Any hooch. I picked Navy because, yeah. Aside from the Coast Guard, I think Navy is criminally underrepresented in G.I. Joe. Snap a uniform. Quick throwaway. Do you get seasick? Nope. Right. Love diving. Love being on a boat. Madman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Primary military specialty. And here we got a lot of options, boys. Mm. Infantry, medic, airborne, pilot, intelligence, artillery, armor, seal, communications, jungle warfare, special forces, and martial arts. Nine-year-old Paul picked martial arts. Let oh. me tell you. Oh, no. Nine-year-old Paul was a little bit smarter than that. But um, okay, then adult Paul picked martial arts. Adult Paul picked <laughs> martial arts, yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, well, nine year old Paul, if you guys are keen, uh, I suppose now's the time. Nine year old Paul chose special forces, mm. yeah, because nine year old Paul figured no, I'll, I'll mention that a little bit later down the line as we go through, but yeah, special forces. Oh, you tease. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> because special forces because because special forces are awesome man and how many like movies were we raised on as children where it's like delta force and true delta force again and something something military's team is part of this xyz special forces zx spectrum atari 9800 you know <laughs> delta force this time it's personal it does seem the most broad yeah no like special forces it's just like yeah they're special they're in gi joe duh Duh. (laughs) but i mean it it is a bit of a safe pick if i do say so myself paul no it is but like but but there was reasoning and when i went through this card i was like why did i pick special forces as a kid and as i went down i was like oh i know why because I think I initially did pick martial arts. And I think if I look at this closely, I can see that I actually may have erased this. <laughs> on this. Ooh. Yeah. Right. So. There's a bit of complexity to your original picks. Mm. You had sort of runners up. Well, Paul, what do you reckon Cujo said? I reckon Cujo was either communications or intelligence. So I'm, mm. I'm yeah. So either he was a second or a... Just straight up intelligence. Well, I look at this list and I had a lot of these guys sorted. I, ha- I had Doc um, and he was always in the squad for her. Uh, let's see. I think young me probably went special forces. I would probably break communications now. I know people wore out the uh, martial arts boss, but uh, <laughs> it could have been SEAL. It could have been special force just because the umbrella, you know, like Paul said, you you grow up here and all these... Uh, you know, Delta Force, Remix, all that stuff. So, yeah, I'll go Communications. That seems to be a good fit. If, uh, let's see, what would young Steven or even old Steven print out? I'm going to say... Jungle Warfare. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just going to take a stab and say Infantry. What do you think, Paul? I don't know. I got a feeling Steven would uh, head towards being a SEAL, hey? Hmm. SEAL or... Uh, maybe pilots as his military specialty. One of those two. You got there eventually. Yep, I think G.I. Joe needs more pilots. Steven's the man for the job. <laughs> absolutely does appeal to me. 
And let's not overlook the fact that, like, the Steel Brigade helmet is a perfect pilot's helmet. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got those mm-hmm. knee pads to uh, protect your knees from the uh, the gauges and all. Mm, here's where things fall flat a little bit. Like, the body isn't great for putting him in the seat of a fast jet. Yeah, it's not pressurized. Yeah. But uh, you could put him in the seat of a chopper. You know I love me some whirly birds, boys. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's got a helmet already. I mean, guys with helmets get to ride vehicles. I mean, that was the rule as a kid. <laughs> he's got a helmet. He's allowed to ride a vehicle. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I mean, he could also be like a first attack vehicle driver. You know, what is problematic on a lot of vehicle drivers is, I mean, crankcase. He doesn't wear any goggles. He doesn't even have any goggles perched on top of his helmet. He's just got a smooth helmet. It's like, dude, you've got no windshield. <laughs> You're driving a desert buggy. Anyways, so, you know, a Steel Brigade helmet is smart in that respect. And those castle-like indentations in the snout, that could be like a kind of a filtration system. Yeah, that's totally my thinking, mm-hmm. too. In fact, yep, uh, yep. I am going to share my screen for just two seconds, now that you brought up that very thing. Saucy. Uh, <gasps> yeah, I've got... Uh, I can share this for a few seconds. And uh, I did like a bit of a mock-up of what I think the helmet could look like inside. It's a bit sci-fi, I know. Have you been sketching this whole time, Paul? You're incredible. Oh, shot, man. No, no. To be fair, I did do this before the show. Because um, I didn't want to make a noise during the show. So, yeah. but, nice. Uh, I like how you've included the silhouette of the helmet over mm. your very slick hairdo, brother. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I took the reference when I got out of the bar, so I had, like, nice look. <laughs> that is so cool, man. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna imagine that every time I look at my Steel Brigade from now on. Sweet. It's like Vader-esque. It's very cyber. It's very, like, yeah, kind of grotesque. Right? That's how, kind of how I feel it is, because it's such, like, it's high-tech Are these gear. the good guys? Yeah, well, it's inside, so, you know, it's what's inside. And that's like a thing to help as a rebreather. And like you said, you know, it's some kind of filtration system. So, you know, it all, it's supposed to plug in somehow. But anyway, that's, that's me sharing a bit of that. Very cool. Thanks, Paulie. I'm going to stop my screen share to remove any spoilers. Anybody not watching YouTube right now, uh, sorry for you. Burn. Check out the socials, man. We'll uh, post the pictures somewhere, everywhere. Everywhere we are social. Mm-hmm. Our next military specialty comprises of the following list. Computers, drill instructor, rifle instructor, laser weapons, combat engineer, gunner's mate, counter-espionage, radar, electronics, machinist, and frogman. Wicked. Let's start with Cujo. (laughs) (laughs) It's not computers. (laughs) Which way am I leaning, guys? Hey, cut that out. Let's see. <laughs> um, uh, well, if your specialty is communications, maybe counter espionage. Yeah, I'm also leading towards that. Hey, you guys are good. Mm. You guys are good. Um, probably counter counter espionage, whatever that means. Um, I'm not going to stop people from spying on you, but I might let them spy so I can spy on them. You feel me? Yep, that's counter espionage. Yeah, counterintelligence. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I would like to be more romantic and go like laser weapons or something like that. But at the end of the day, probably 
communications, counter-espionage. I'm looking at Paul. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to dabble in the machinist. The Frogman was attractive, obviously, back in the day. Oh, it was, uh, yeah. I did look at Gunner's Mate, but that didn't really excite me. I thought it might be like a buddy for a guy who's on a gun, but not so much. <laughs> I think uh, I, I'll go with uh, <clears throat> Drill Instructor for Paul. That's a reach. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's more me now. Because <laughs> of the kung fu thing. You did wake me up this morning. I did. I was <laughs> nice about it as well. <laughs> it feels like a lot of specialties have slipped through the net. Mm. But for cool factor, I would say laser weapons. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, wicked. Good. I totally went laser weapons as a kid. I was like, laser weapons. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, what is counter espionage? That sounds like snails. I'll be laser weapons. <laughs> <laughs> counter escargo. <laughs> Very go. good. Yeah. Um, nice. And you what does grown up Paul think? Grown up Paul, I think, is more is actually more counter espionage or drill instructor. To be fair, drill instructor because I do instruct at the kung fu school, and you know I do love doing it, and I, I and I don't get to instruct with a soft approach. I get to shout at people and like you know, come on, you know, <laughs> move. <laughs> what is that? You call that a push up? My word, <laughs> you know that kind nice. of yeah. You know. Good old Emery has been reincarnated in you. Yeah, I channel a bit of Emery. But I also re remember, you know, I I did grow up in an Afrikaans household and, you know, it's a police household, so you pick Wait up a, a few is things. It, is it Emery or Ermi? Ermery? Ermi? Erma? You guys out there know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only queers and steers come from Texas and you don't look like a steer, so I guess that about narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> terrible. This is okay. my rifle. This is my gun. One is for fighting. The other's for fun. Sorry. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I, I was kind of inspired by the Strata Viper file card. If that tips you in any direction. Not a bit. <laughs> what you can't instantly recall that classic bit of prose. Anyways, I ticked counter espionage because I didn't want my guy to be a straight up pilot and just. You know, have his head buried in the console. Yeah. Uh, it, I want him to have some kind of strategic value, I guess. He's not just a pilot, he's somewhat of a spy. And so counter-espionage seemed like the logical choice. You can hang out with me. It would appear so. You can be my radio man, buddy. There it you're, is. Uh, you're in the second seat. I am your radio man. It's a cool job. <laughs> hey, I, w I was watching this TV series called Pan Am, and it has a bit of uh, espionage in it, and it's quite well handled, I felt. And so, yeah, I think that totally fits the bill for you, Steve. Like, hmm. get yourself into that area. You know, you could be like a pilot, and then you could be masquerading as... This is not from the show, by the way. But you could be masquerading as an airline pilot, a pilot, and when you hit the ground, you're gathering intelligence and sowing false intelligence. So yeah, I like the the idea that GI Joe pilots are also deployed on the ground in circumstances that really require them. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, pilots are pretty valuable resources, so you're not going to mm -hmm. 
you know, put them first man through the door. But like in sensitive situations, deep behind enemy lines, where you need a pilot. For instance, Slipstream in Special Missions. Like he was charged with flying the damn Russian, you know, jump jet. Stalker and, and the and the boys needed to get him into that position. But he, you know, he had to be able to to operate incognito in a foreign country, like dressed up in mufti, that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, I want to be be in on the action. They got the uh, crimson guard. We got the baby blue guard. We fit in everywhere. <laughs> hey man, that baby blue just fits well with the the fact that my boys in the navy, yo. Here it is. <laughs> I'm making sense of this figure, guys. Come on. You've got to have some idea of, like, why. Why he wears the colors he wears. Anyways. Weapons expert. Check two. two. Did you guys have to look up any of these guns? I'm, I I looked them up now as an adult. <laughs> there were one or two that I didn't know. <laughs> but, I mean, as a child, this must have been absolutely mystifying, right? Oh, I... <laughs> I, I, I actually don't want to say anything because it'll give away what I chose. <laughs> All right. Well, for anyone who doesn't have the form in front of them, the options are, <laughs> deep breath, Stephen, M16 XM76 grenade launcher, M2 Browning caliber heavy machine gun. That makes no sense. It should be 50 caliber heavy machine, machine gun, gun, but anyway. Law rocket system, XMLR 3A laser rifle, U-21, M-7 flamethrower, reflex crossbow, M-11 submachine gun, M-60, M-1911 AT auto pistol, M-32 pulverizer, and then, ladies and gentlemen, the coup de gras, expert all NATO and Warsaw Pact small arms. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, if you really want to be OP... You just skip all of those and check the last option. Just in quotes, it says snake eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there were a handful of Joes that had that. It was mm. like they had these individuated guns that they were specialists on, and then it would kind of round it out with expert in all NATO and Warsaw Pact small arms. Like, what? Isn't it? Re- I know it's snake eyes, and I think it's also recoil, hey? That has that. I think. Uh, also, nobody told Recoil that it's not all at the same time, but whatever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, isn't Recoil snake eyes before he got burned? Think about it. Blonde hair, glasses. Hey, he's got the look. Um, he's got gun chucker. He's got the old specialty too. Long range recon patrol. Mm. Anyways, conspiracy theory for another time. Gentlemen, Indeed. your gun choices. Whew. Ooh, I'm going to figure out what Steven went for. Um, yeah, let's do Steve first. Let's take a look at you, I'm going to say... Where is that? I would I would say, like, possibly the, the M16 is definitely one for some reason. I don't know why. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you chose the uh, expert all-NATO small arms as the blanket option. Not because oh. you're lazy, just because you like Uzis and stuff as well, so... Well, I've got a problem with OP characters, man. It's like, yeah. what do you do? Spend your entire day at the rifle range? Like, just field stripping guns and, like, learning their their nuances? Their... No, my guy's not a gunsmith, dude. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to check the last option. 
So let me put you out of your misery. Oh, Cooch, do you want to take a swipe? Well, I think this presents an opportunity for any sharp ear listener uh, from the other half of this podcast. Stephen was saying that the Crimson Guard machine gun was the sharpest in the line. I guess this is an opportunity not to defend that. But when we get to you, Paul, and you, dear listener, what's the machine gun that fits in your primary's hands? Is it the Crimson Guard? Uh, which one do you favor? That's just a quick fire. I think I'd go with M16. It's it's general enough. It evokes uh, you know a lot of uh, retro kind of action scenes, and probably the two-time world champ for your secondary, the 1911. I think I'd probably go there. Mm-hmm. Gotta be. Gotta be. I mean, there's no other sidearm on the list. I love it. Gotta have it. Is that, I mean, so say we all? Did we all check the uh, the good old 45? Oh, no. I, I was... Uh, childhood me is a complete moron. I picked... <laughs> I picked the M32 pulverizer. Guess why? Because it sounds cool. <laughs> and it was the only gun there that I didn't recognize. Because, as a kid, they, David used to have this... Not used to, still has this fat book on guns. And we would go through guns and guns and guns. And when we were watching action movies, it was always cool to point out like, oh, you know, that's a Swedish K and oh, that's a Tech 9 and oh, that's a Mac 10 and um, et cetera. And we were also big into BB guns at that, uh, at that time. And uh, a lot of the shops here in South Africa, primarily Chinese owned video game stores used to also sell BB guns. So we were gun nuts already. We were like, oh, I had like a Beretta BB gun and I had a Colt double eagle and then when the glocks came out david had like all the uh, glocks so we were big into guns as kids so i was like okay the pulverizer is like the one thing there that i don't recognize it's probably like the most badass gun ever and then yeah as a kid i really i i chose expert all um nato small arms but that's only because i wanted an uzi and there was no uzi on here so yeah. Well, the the M eleven isn't that um, that the Ingrams? Yeah, it's the it's it's the Mac ten, but like you know, not the gangster version. <laughs> so, you know. But yeah, like that's why I went with the expert all NATO small arms. So that was me, pulverizer and the expert all NATO small arms. Can you gentlemen tell me who uses the M thirty two pulverizer? And oh. and I extend this to our listeners. This isn't fair, I know, and that's I why I chose you know. it. But uh, <laughs> this is a test for Cujo, then. Oh dear. <laughs> oh How dear. much gun food do you have, brother? Pass, fail, fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is it, Paul? Who is it? It's Stalker's gun, dude. Oh. It's the original Stalker's uh, gun. And it's a very cool little machine gun, actually. Well, little machine gun. Very cool rifle. It is the proto version of the Heckler & Koch MP5. Mm. Yep. And it's just cooler somehow. So, yeah, true, yeah. true. Uh, it was also the gun included with version 1 Duke. Yes, yeah. Not the gun on his card art, famously, but uh, yeah, he came with a submachine gun, which was none other than a reuse, reuse of Stalkers. So yeah, I chose that because it was an actual accessory piece that kind of fits with this figure's vintage. You know, the parts used were the parts that that gun you know, shared toy bubbles with. And as an aside, for a while, I used to have a gas-powered M1911 BB gun that shot metal pellets. It was actually uh, Michelle's. And uh, I used to keep it close at hand because it's a great thing. Like if somebody comes into your house and you just shoot a whole bunch of those things in their direction, you know, it's a great way to get close to them to smash them in the face with the gun. 
because it's metal yeah. and it's heavy. <laughs> I used to call Dark. that gun Duke because <laughs> it's very cool. government issued. Yeah, I'm that, I'm that cool. I'm that guy. Of course. <laughs> yeah. The cult is called Duke. Cooge, mm. I don't suppose you're going to show some kind of um, cartoon love and say the XMLR. Maybe you're dramatic enough to use a flamethrower. <laughs> it's Cooge, of course he is. <laughs> Talking weapons in G.I. Joe, it is one of the more important things as an artist. I barely break out a ruler, but if I have to draw a gun in G.I. Joe, it's straight lines all the way. So I do respect... God, it's so it's it's interesting to talk about guns because as a kid, now as an adult, you've actually seen what guns can do to people. And I don't know that it's weird because Americans love guns. I think uh, I would lean towards OP. I would go 1911 just because it is. It's 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 like Classic. a home home defense on the road kind of thing. But I'd probably go and also like if you like. The, the sculpting of a toy. If you spend your time poring over the little details, all the Steel Brigade guys, whether they're A, B, C, D variants or Goldhead, they all have a sculpted pistol on their right. Mm. And that pistol would probably be the Colt. M9, yeah, it would be because it's all be, uh, M19 is usually. Well, it used to be for special forces. I know it was Delta Delta Force's gun of choice at one point. It was actually made for Delta Force, if, if memory serves. And of course, uh, it also indicates that Steel Brigade is either ambidextrous or, sorry, poorly, right-handed. Uber. Oh, the reach across. Nothing wrong with being right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> right-handed world. I think <laughs> I did use, and I, I do remember specifically as a Steel Brigade, I would have two uh, 1911s, one in each hand. And I think one of them was lifelines. So that was probably my primary on my Steel Brigade, that silver pistol. Hmm. Well, I think lifeline uses a browning, if I'm not mistaken. But hey, a silver pistol would always be a 45 in my eyes as well. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, nice buddy. one, brother. Yeah. Okay, so, so you would have checked 1911 twice. Well, I would have done 1911 and then expert all nato warsaw but only in the respect that like i know which direction to point a gun but like I, i'm i'm like you steven I, I probably would not lean too hard on being a gun specialist expert the wording is expert i'm hey. afraid if you've ch if you've checked that option you spend a lot of time tinkering with guns my friend well fun fact out of the three of us and I suppose I should, I, I have shared this before, but uh, when my dad used to have his police buddies and stuff over, which was pretty much every weekend and occasionally sometimes during the week, you know, on a school night, they'd all come back to our place to come and talk shit and whatever. I used to actually strip a Beretta, um, Jan Smith's Beretta. I used to unload it, take out the, the remaining shell, and I used to strip it. I used to take it all hmm. apart and put it all back together. Yeah, they showed me how to do it, and I did it. There's another gun as well that I used to take apart. It's a South African handgun, and I can't remember what it was. But I used to take those apart and put them back in. And i got to say, as a child, loading bullets into a magazine clip is actually quite difficult to do. So I think it's where I got my, like, strong fingers from. <laughs> it's like loading bullets into a magazine. So I would say that, you know, coming back to the expert thing, I really do like firearms. I just don't own any anymore. <laughs> Well, firearms is a loose term for what I used to earn, own, but anyway, let's not go there. Bart's All like, right. I got guns! 
Yeah, anyway. we got two definite gun nuts uh, within this uh, trio. Wow, guys. Okay, OP. But here we get we get the last two categories, which really dictate how OP you are. You get to you get to be a martial arts expert in not just one discipline, but two. And the options are three actually: Taekwondo, Kung Fu, Jiu Jitsu, Zen Sword, Karate. And throwing stars? Stars, yeah. Is that a, is that a martial <laughs> arts? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, okay, judging by that answer, uh, Cooge, you're a master of throwing stars. True. Um, of course. I think, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll start off this one. Actually, yeah, no, this is... All, all that time you spent in metal shop, right? That's pretty funny. That's a deep cut. Thro- throwing throwing the, the ninja star into the the ceiling and seeing them stick there. <laughs> they did that on both continents, huh? No, buddy. I'm recalling your personal account from episode 100 of GI Joburg. Busted. I listened to that not too long that ago. That is a deep cut. Uh, well, oh. As long as it's 100, not 99. Um, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> probably throwing stars was just specific enough to probably get my attention, and. In the same way that I picked army, I would probably go karate, just because it was accessible. And mm. uh, speaking of the air force, and uh, yeah, probably karate and throwing stars. Keep it simple. I don't know if I'm looking at Paul. Hmm. Kung Fu. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Gotta be. That's for sure. And I'm gonna say Zen Zen Sword. Yep. He's gotta have swordsmanship in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, love me a sword. For a total martial arts ignoramus like me, what is Zen sword? I think in the in the context of this uh, whole thing is they're trying to say that it's an esoteric sword art, like a you know, like using a katana, that kind of thing, or using Asian swords specifically. Yes, I think okay. That's, I think so that's it's not talking about for. European sword play. Spy hunters or right. iron hunters or claymores or whatever. Yeah, hmm. estocks. <laughs> So we're yeah. talking specifically about katanas and um, straight sword, jian, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, wicked. Okay, well, that 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 would definitely get your attention, right? Mm, totally. And I was allowed <laughs> to check three on my form. My form says check three. <gasps> what? Yeah, yeah. type of OP indeed. Well, yeah, then that's I what... would say that you probably picked jujitsu. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Am I right? You actually are right um, because, well, younger me definitely chose jujitsu. I don't know why. I think it's because uh, I think Steven Seagal did jujitsu or whatever, and that's what keep me in on that. Zen sword definitely because I love swords, and none other but than throwing stars. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because I I mean this was me as a kid, like oh throwing stars, yeah, cool. And I don't know why I didn't choose kung fu, and I think it's just because. I was like, I think in my brain, like I had this kind of knowledge of Kung Fu, which was the same knowledge as karate in that I didn't think I would use any weapons if I chose those ones. Meanwhile, Jiu-Jitsu doesn't have any weapons either because <laughs> it's mostly, it's like, it's a lot of joint locks and things. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu is grappling. It's groundwork. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is like totally not me, <laughs> by the way. I'm not a ground guy. I mean, I, I've got some ground game, but I mean, Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu just, yeah, it's just something I think I heard like as a kid. Taekwondo was that martial arts that was in the Olympics video game. 
So I was like, I don't want to do an Olympics martial arts. <laughs> and yeah, and karate, I had already done a spiel in karate by that point, And I was like, no. <laughs> I think a no. gazoo just died. Oh, no, that's a hottie dog. Oh. Did you hear wah, 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 that sound? Yeah, what? Elaborate. That's a hottie dog. That's the South African. That's technically the bird that should be our national bird. <laughs> because they're everywhere and they're well spoken. Box wah, check. Wah. Animal companion. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. But yeah, modern me would go Kung Fu, Zen Sword, throwing stars. Because we don't learn how to throw stars in Kung Fu. <laughs> so. <laughs> Filling in the gap. <laughs> yeah, man. Throwing stars that can take bullets out of midair. Damn right, man. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's how it was sold to us back in the day, guys. In fact, still, still is. I mean... Doesn't Snake Eyes unload an entire magazine at Storm Shadow in retaliation? And Storm Shadow's just like flicking like dozens of throwing stars. Ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, what a scene. Mm, I just Anyways. love that. I remember this movie called Ninja. I think it was called like Ninja or something. And this guy was like on a motorbike. And the, the bad guy would like throw a ninja star. And then it was like in the back of some dude's neck. And the dude just like just died. And I was like, oh, ninja stars are so cool. <laughs> so. Yes, that is totally a ninja trope that, like, surely doesn't have much truth to it. It's like a ninja star going into your skull probably won't penetrate far enough to kill you outright. No. You'd be like, ow, I've got a fucking ninja star on my head. (laughs) Ow! (laughs) You'll make make a lot more noise. You'll, like, you know, you'll set off the alarms even more readily if you've been struck by a ninja star. <laughs> exactly, man. Like, the whole thing with ninja stars is, it's and, and just being, like, being, a, you know, training as a martial artist and whatever, it's just, there's a lot of weird shit that I've seen. Let's not put that out there. I've seen people do things that I'm like, oh, okay, a person can do that. That's 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 amazing. So I'm sort of open to the possibility that a ninja star could perhaps if thrown by somebody who has practiced it intensely uh yeah it probably could maybe pierce the skull but i don't think it's just gonna outright kill somebody i think they're gonna be like ah i got a ninja star what but me (laughs) yeah so pretty much what i just said pretty much exactly what you said yeah sorry i just wanted to just you know just say that it's not impossible what are my martial arts selections boys uh Bearing in mind you're dealing with adult Steve who has access to the internet. Yeah, so I'm going to hope you chose Kung Fu because of how versatile it is. Um, <laughs> and you you seem to know quite a bit about jiu-jitsu, so I'm going to say you went for jiu-jitsu. Um, I think just to spite you, I did not choose Kung Fu, but yes, definitely <laughs> jiu-jitsu. What would be the best complement to jiu-jitsu, I reckon? Because my guy would probably, you know, if you if you have to do two forms of martial arts... And split your focus between them. You're going to want fighting systems that have really hard strikes. Yeah. But also, you know, when it gets down to the grappling, know how to handle yourself. Because ultimately, unless you've been able to take out your opponents real quick, it Mm. is always going to become grappling. Like, MMA has taught us that. Like, it always... Like, (laughs) within the first few seconds of the bout, you know, unless it has been... a, a, a an outright knockout by like a, you know, really hard strike. Mm. The grapplers are going to win. Yeah, your groundwork if, is going to 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 tip the balance. 
Yeah, definitely. Mm. I mean, I would say, like, I would say in, in this, in, in my point of view and with my experience, so I'm not saying like I know everything here, guys, but I would say jujitsu is what you learn to get out of uh, a, a mess, like being on the floor. And taekwondo would be your, your very good stand up game because taekwondo grappling is a counter to stand up and uh, joint locking and, and joint isolation and ma- manipulation is a counter to grappling. That makes sense. So when you're being grappled with, you want to arrest the joints so that you can get yourself out of the grapple situation to get yourself back on your feet to get away from from the problem. But yeah, <laughs> damn, Kujo, why isn't joint locking, locking an, an option, option man? Well, it is kind of. It's there as it's part of your jujitsu. Jujitsu's got a lot of that kind of joint locking. So it's joint locks and grip grappling. Taekwondo is strikes. I'm being a nerd. <laughs> Good job. What do you think? I hope you've been doing some joint locking yourself, man. Somebody has. Um, I think yeah, uh, it's, it's after two a.m. and I've become a morning person, so I haven't seen this hour in a long time. You're it's becoming I, delirious, folks. Nice. Um, I know. We got to wrap this up, boys. For whatever reason, this conversation made me think of Ken Shamrock, and he would have been a good GI Joe figure, wouldn't he? Probably would have been Cobra. Do you guys remember that cat? Uh, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Somebody does out there, and they're nodding. One of the greatest wrestlers. Ken Shamrock. I don't think I would have put Steven as somebody who likes to get his hands dirty, um, so I would not have picked Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, you look like a karate Zen sword guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, but I guess I'm just far too considered now. And as I say, I've got access to the internet, and the internet tells me if you're going to have two schools of martial arts, yeah, strikes and grappling. Yeah. And uh, please don't get me wrong. You Karate has got some very efficient strikes. It's just, I don't well, want to go, I don't want to nerd out. It, but, it yeah. was an interview with um, Bruce Lee that, mm. that tipped me mm. initially. And he was saying like, yeah, Jeet Kune Do, its biggest weakness is the fact that you can't go to ground with it. Mm. Like, it's all about quick strikes blinding speed like fu- fusion of different martial arts but the, the martial arts form that it failed to fuse and incorporate was jujitsu yeah anyway we've focused on the martial arts just enough boys it's time to round this out just before we unveil our code names we got to talk about where our guys went to school what kind of training they have and this to my mind, the fact that you have to check three is a little OP, yeah. more than a little OP. I'm like, how much time did this guy spend in school? Because, mm. like, if you're a Navy SEAL, okay, that's that's hardcore. Like, if you've made the grade, that's it, man. What else do you need to be? I suppose, I suppose being a SEAL is a young man's game, so maybe one other item of training after you'd kind of rotated out of the SEAL team. But it's like three options. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The options are Airborne School, Recondo School, Special Forces School, Ranger School, Flight Warrant Officers, Jungle Warfare, Desert Training, SEAL School, Military Intelligence School, and Emergency Medicine School. I'm glad the medics are in there. 
Yeah. What were you going to say, Paul? I was just going to say a lot of these feel like it's one thing that's broken into a lot of other things. So, for example, Ranger School would include jungle warfare and desert training as part of its syllabus. You know, so you would be silly to choose jungle warfare, desert training and ranger school because ranger school covers that as far as I know. Well, if you wanted to counter my argument about this making your guy OP, that's a way of kind of boiling it back down to what would make him the most effective infantryman. Mm. It's like, yeah, ranger school, cool, which probably, you know, trains you in a number of different theaters, but then to do additional training in jungle and desert. Mm. That's cool for the more kind of focused file cards out there. Yeah, definitely. But then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that that's not what you did, Paul. <laughs> no, that's not what I did, because young me wasn't thinking like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say you probably ticked military intelligence school. I you wanted did. your guy to have a yeah, 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 good head on your shoulders. Mm. Um... Maybe airborne school because it sounds cool. Uh, looking at it now, I'm like I agree with you, but no, sadly I didn't. <laughs> seal school. I was close, but I didn't. It's close to seal school though. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, I've exhausted my guesses. Cooge. Let me see here. Hmm. Uh, well, there's not that many left, is there? Well, I, at Ricondo school, I, I suppose you learn to grow a mustache. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a snore. Uh, probably, probably, probably military intelligence. Yeah, de- definitely. So military intelligence school all the way. In fact, so much so, even more so, because it's not just military military intelligence; it's military intelligence school. <laughs> Oof. Double trouble. There's no fighting in the war room, so here yeah. you graduated. So, in addition to military intelligence school, Cooch, do you have like a secondary for old Paulie? Hmm. Well, wasn't it you that referenced that he does have the airborne wings like Duke on his chest? Ever since you mentioned that, I was like, as far as like a reuse on that chest. But am I right in saying that or no? No. Yeah, it's it's present oh. on everything past the A version. Okay. But the initial Steel Brigade doesn't have that. He's got Airborne's chest, which has a bayonet and a grenade. I think Ranger School sounds pretty dope. Does sound dope. I wish I had chosen that. I like to camp. <laughs> I also wish I had chosen SEAL School, but sadly, nine-year-old me was like military intelligence school, jungle warfare, and desert training, because I don't want to miss out on any of that. And my rationale was, because I was already special forces, I didn't have to do special forces school. You know, <laughs> don't forget about the crustables. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cheat. I mean, if so, you were doing this logically, yeah, you would probably have to have done special forces school if you checked special forces. Duh. Which is also why I didn't choose mil- uh, martial arts as a as a primary military specialty because we already had martial arts expert in three four, <laughs> three disciplines. So what's the point of like being a martial arts? expert on top of being a martial arts expert it's kind of redundant <laughs> like, and op it's like and op geez. it's just stupid i was like no i want options i want like lots of disciplines so yeah so that's me adult me would probably uh lean once again to military intelligence because i do like that quite a lot um but i probably would have uh, fallen in with something like ranger school or seal school and not really feeling much of a need to then get a third discipline other than emergency medicine, because why not? 
but you know, the, those things all feel like they're part and parcel, like they complement each other, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Cooge, I... I can only imagine you would have gone to intelligence school as well. Oh, thank you, brother. God, we're all spies. Being into the communications and uh, counter-espionage. Yeah, I think I did see Doctor Strange love pretty early on, and I love the concept of a bunch of people sitting around a table yelling about the decisions that, uh, you know, essentially decide the world. Um, I probably would go military intelligence, probably some ranger school just to, for the street cred. I'm not going to go three. I agree. That's that's too much, man. I'm not, I'm not yeah. that smart. So <laughs> um, probably ranger school, military intelligence. I, I'm glad they put that in there. I'm, I'm glad they put intelligence in there. I know I know it's 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 basic, but it's evocative. What about you? Steven, let's see. We haven't guessed yours, or did you say yours? No, neither. See, you got to have SEAL school in there, don't you? If you're riding bomb boats. Maybe. Yeah, this is, once again, overpowered. It's like the only Navy specialization that I see in this list is SEAL school. Mm. So, by default. Look, I'm I'm envisioning that I'm probably the age that I am. So my days is being like on the tip of the spear in the SEAL team. Those are behind me. And that's why I'm now focused on the counterintelligence and uh, flying the plane. <laughs> Airborne. <laughs> and, and well, no, I, I don't fancy being the guy jumping out, you know, oh, with a parachute. So duh. I went with flight warrant officers. Warrant officers, yeah. Because it's the only pilot flight. training on the list. I'm like... Mm. Why don't we just have flight school? Like, I'm not a warrant officer. I'm probably, you know, given my years, a, a captain or even higher by this point. Hmm. I mean, if you're flying the plane, you've got to be an officer, right? Yeah, I believe so. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, yeah look, enlisted men or, or warrant officers get to fly helicopters, I think. Um, Plus I mean, maybe. I know in like, I think in the Yugoslavian Air Force, or was it? Norway or something. I was watching a video on a an enlisted man who was able to fly jets. They just couldn't carry um, expensive missiles. They just got rocket pods and guns and stuff. It's quite cool. Yeah, noisy it's a, cricket. It's a, it's a good video. But yeah, man, yeah. It, it is a bit of a stretch to have to tick three. Yeah. I would say everybody should just take emergency medicine just as a basic anyway because <laughs> but Get i mean one. i i think that's included in ranger school in seal school mm. definitely in Rakondo. yep yeah so yeah i think this was just for like because you're a kid right so having <laughs> a lot of these things allows you to you know just be like yeah i'm a beat <laughs> i'm a kid yep 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 be the baddest joe there ever was and it does kind of fill up space on the G.I. Joe Combat Command File Card. Printer. It totally does. So, Mike, now we have to work out who's who, whose code names. I mean, Cujo. Oh, I don't think this is a guessing game, Paul. It's time to do the reveal. So, cool. Cujo's into communications. He's into counter-espionage or counter-counter-espionage. He's getting expert at all NATO and Warsaw Pact small arms. That's right. He's also a corpsman. He's the backbone of any group. Quiet, efficient, powerful. 
two out of three is not bad. Yeah, man. When I first sent away for this figure, I was a big fan of the Michigan Wolverines. Maybe you remember Anthony Carter tearing up uh, San Francisco Niners back in the playoffs. Uh, of course, they had some oh, what good a game, basketball man. teams. What a game. No, yeah, I, I know, right? Any um, Sorry, man. <laughs> but no, I was a big Wolverines fan. I liked the animal. It's small. It's vicious. Uh, so I think, I think my character's name was Wolverine, and it had nothing to do with the Marvel figure. That was back in the day. Sick code name, and one that probably would have existed had it not been for wolverine you know yeah probably well what we do they definitely had a vehicle oh yeah you're right of course the fucking vehicle but like no one was ever called wolf hmm hmm that's a great code name it was a cool code name paulie hmm <laughs> regalis brother what was your code name uh my code name as a kid was the most awesome name I could think of as a nine-year-old, and it is... <laughs> always, always. Thunder Shark. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, wow. Thunder Shark, because it just sounds great, and I think... And Thunderhawk was taken, because there's a video game called Thunderhawk. Yeah, so like, and of course, Shark. Matt Tracker's Camaro. It's called Thunder. Thunderhawk, Thunder, Thunder yeah. That's all. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Huh. So, nice. So Thunder. there's Thunderhawk in all of his glory. No, Thunder his, Shark? I mean, Thunder Shark, there sorry. In all of his glory with these uh, throwing knives, not necessarily a shuriken, and his Zen sword. And my pulverizer's really tucked in the back there. You can't see it. <laughs> and uh, lots of pouches for all, for all the dirty work. That's really cool, Paul. Thanks, man. And it seems to have the um the desert kind of rag that uh, Pursuit of Cobra Dusty has. Yeah, I I wanted to give him something a little bit ninjistic-ish. And if you look carefully, like I kind of wanted it to feel like Storm Shadow was his teacher or my teacher in this respect. So I've got Storm Shadow's version two camouflage sort of on me, which is very similar to Shockwave's camouflage, to be fair. So are you going to try and kit bash this figure with the modern era? I I might just do that because I think I have three uh, about three steel brigades if I'm not mistaken, so maybe I should Sick, turn dude. one of them into Thunder Shark. <laughs> I think you owe it to yourself to do exactly that, man. I think I'm gonna. Maybe we should do that. Uh, maybe we should make a thing of that on the next uh, some assembly required. That should be our next project. <laughs> Thunder cool. Shark. Well, it would be great to kind of complement uh, White Lightning and Cujo. By mm. that, I speak of Cujo's two Steel Brigade custom figures, mm. courtesy of the legendary Mr. Jim Godfrey. Hey, Jim. True words. No, I think uh, I was just I was thinking about that because I, I did. I think when you, Paul was talking to uh, when you were talking to Jim, he said he was going to hang up his gun, so to speak, that he wasn't going to customize as much anymore. It kind of got me thinking, we haven't even mentioned uh, the person who owns Steel Brigade now. I'm curious, like, w would they ever release, essentially, like, let customizers create a head that you could put on the new 6-inch Steel Brigade? Well, I know, I know somebody who could do that for you. Well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying people couldn't do it, but do you think they'd ever take the step to bring those two parties together? Like, essentially release the the neck fixture that the head sits in, that kind of thing? I don't think it's a closely guarded secret. I think it's a fairly common piece. Mm. Because uh, 
Bobby has mentioned on Facebook and stuff that it is easy to customize his figures, to make it fun to customize with other brands if you wanted to. So, so I think if you wanted to do your own face sculpt, I know somebody who can get that done for you. <laughs> yeah, I th- well, I think that that would be a that might be a real, real nice aftermarket for customizers to promote. Like if they I can agree. customize a, a new steel brigade helmet or something. Because I, I would like a, a custom six inch of a of Cujo with a K. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> well, I, I, I put in a pre-order for a steel brigade from uh, Action Force. So I'm looking forward to March next year when it arrives. Very nice. We can see what happens from then. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking see- of customizations, though, guys, as a bonus round to cap us off, the Steel Brigade classic action figure was pretty much hemmed in by being a Franken-Joe. I mean, you could fill out the most fabulous of subspecialties and training institutions on the file card, but ultimately you were going to get the same figure as everyone else. Mm. If you had the option to actually Franken-Joe up your own parts, are there existing three and three-quarter inch bodies that you'd prefer to have done up in the Steel Brigade color palettes with the Steel Brigade head. Mm. I did think about this one for a minute. I, I, I think uh, you got to leave the baby blue. I mean, whether it's for the UN or what have you, it looks good. Um, or the Navy. Okay, that's Come it. on. Hey. Um, but I, I do think, like, if they did have gold head, but the colors were abrasive maybe i don't know is there anybody that likes the gold head color mixture but i think it'd be interesting if if you could swap out the green like the green chest if if it was the same chest but they did it in a different uh mold like if you could say oh, i want a red a red chest on my steel brigade i think that would be an interesting customization thing you know not changing any mm. of the parts out or anything like that because i I'm, I'm gonna be crazy i'm not i'm not a huge fan of those big welding gloves he's got on but uh <laughs> No, I think I would change the chest. Because when you change the head, yes, but I don't know. The silver looks good. Um, What do you guys think? I'm kind of with you, and I'm not with you at the same time, if that makes any sense. Like, the, the, the blue into the green is so essential. It's good. It's good. You know, the color palette makes a steel brigade a steel brigade. It's unique to steel brigade. It's not repeated anywhere else in G.I. Joe, mm. really. Yeah, that exact kind of blue arms, blue um, collar, and green vest, flak jacket, whatever you want to call it. I would want to stick with that. But, given my specialty as a pilot, I think there's a body sculpt that is criminally underutilized. And it's also one that shares the same swivel head tooling Mm. that uh, the Steel Brigade has. And can anyone guess... It's a wildly different color scheme to Steel Brigade, but it's a similar era of parts. I was going to say, you're talking about for the chest, eh? I'm talking about for everything. It's a straight head swap in this case. You're not talking about Wild Weasel, are you? I am talking about Wild Weasel, bro. Oh my god. Yeah. I was going to say scrap (laughs) iron, sorry, yeah. Well, Steel Brigade is largely scrap iron. Yeah, exactly. But guys... Wild Weasel sculpt is so good. How did I guess that? So good. <laughs> the pilot thing might have tipped you off, Cooch. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and as I say, criminally underutilized. It's like 
Can you imagine it in any other color other than that sort of candy red? I suppose the uh, ascot would be the baby blue, no? So, well, the ascot, yeah, would bring out the baby blue. You can have the baby blue arms and the kind of, you know, the green centerpiece would just be a kind of a, a utility vest that he's wearing over his blue jumpsuit. You know, adding to what you're saying now, because you've got the wheels turning in my head, I think what would have been interesting is if your military specialty, you know, your primary military special specialty on the form went through to Hasbro and that dictated which body you would get. So in your case, you know, let's just say you went with, you know, pilot and whatever, and your guy, you know, funneled down to being a pilot, then you would get that wild weasel body in the Steel Brigade colors. Is that kind of where you're like thinking of? Because that would be a cool oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. And with the Steel Brigade helmet, because yeah. much as I love the rest of Wild Weasel's <laughs> body, head. <laughs> the head is, the head kind of lets down the side. It's just, it's Guys. almost a little bit sad looking. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Taking a swipe at the weasel. But that would actually be a very cool custom piece. Uh, like that guy who did that really stunning snake eyes and uh, scarlet head. I'd love to see him do something like Wild Weasel and take maybe some of the bigger-headed Joes and just make them a bit smaller. But anyway, coming back to the this um, Steel Brigade sort of, you know, wish list dimension concept, yeah, it would be awesome if they boiled down your specialty into a figure body so all the guys who wanted to have, like, more of a pilot feel could get, like, a wild weasel body and the guys who wanted more of the sort of army feel would get, you know, what we've current, currently got and... That would be interesting, like maybe three or four different body types just to go with that in the Steel, Steel Brigade color scheme. I would have loved it if your weapons choices and stuff actually resulted in... Different accessories. Different accessories, yeah. I think that would have been so cool. Like my Steel Brigade guy coming with uh, Storm Shadow V2's backpack, for example, would be awesome. And Stalker's gun. And all of the NATO small arm, NATO pack small arms. <laughs> Accessory pack. <laughs> yeah. Boom. If you pick counterintelligence, you get Baroness's chest. You're like, hold on, guys. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Hold up a minute. <laughs> what what machine gun uh, do you pick in the Joe line for your, your primary? Because Steven, Steven did go Crimson Guard. I, I, I will, I'm not trying to like labor this. I'm just curious. So I do think it's something that's, uh, that each Joe player picks a different gun. I got to say, dude, like there are a lot of great machine guns. And the Crimson Guard... Rifle is is really really stunning. It's a it's yeah, a, but it's putting it in the hands of a GI Joe, this is my problem. This is my quandary. I'm like, yes, the CG rifle goes to the specific Steel Brigade that I happen to own now, and I love that gun, but it is so the CG gun. Yeah, it's very distinctly CG. I think um, a cool gun is a hit and runs uh, submachine gun. I think it's like a, it's like that little, um, it's, it's, it's a Colt, Colt nine millimeter. Yeah. It's, and that's a cute I, little gun. <laughs> it's, it's not sized accurately. It's no. a good gun. It's just too big. Yes. But I kind of like mm. it in that proportion, if that makes sense. Like it kind of, to me, it feels like a slightly more high tech feeling M16 because it's a bit shorter. It's stubbier, um, mm. which makes it feel like, oh, okay, this is a modern version. There's another gun, and I can't for the life of me think of 
of whose it is now, but it's such a great rifle as well. And unfortunately, it's just going to not manifest on the show. I think you're thinking about Leatherneck. Leatherneck's got a cool gun, but as a toy, it's a pain in the butt because uh, it's just it's really difficult to get into into Joe's hands. That that rifle stock is just a little bit too big uh, to to really feel comfortable with the with the fingers. Um, mm-hmm. But the pulverizer is great as well. I got to say, like it fits nicely into the hand and it tucks in fairly decently. Well, it doesn't have to tuck in. That's actually part of the beauty of it. Um, and it and it pulls and it works. You know, visually because of that, that's also great. That's a great weapon to give Steel Brigade guys is is the pulverizer because it just looks nice in them. Nine year old me didn't know this, but adult me is like, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> but there's a there's another really fantastic sort of submachine gun, and it comes with, and it comes with a, like a seriously random dude. Um, and it's just you you wouldn't think like, oh, that would work, but. When it comes to me, I'll I'll shoot it your way, guys. Your way, guys, because ugh, I can't think of it now for this podcast. There's too many, <laughs> too much art floating around. Kuja, take it you're uh, sticking with your dual wield pistols, or did you want to upgrade to a rifle? No, just to uh, live in the tangent just a, a bit longer. I do think there's a case that Copperhead might be one of the people that actually looks better with with the original or like looks better with that leatherneck gun than leatherneck does i think that's that's interesting anyway (laughs) (laughs) right take a m203 out of a marine's hands and give it to that scallywag (laughs) who might be a former marine where was that thing when he needed a light up gun though gentlemen i think that's a wrap on our steel brigade Choose your own figure adventure. <laughs> we should take them on a little find your fate adventure at some stage. I think so. I think we should totally mm. take these guys. Make, build a character, a sheet out of this as in like, you know, like values and stuff. And then, yeah, throw it into the into the mix. Mm. A return to the Orbco store, perhaps. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Deep cut. Or maybe we're going to board that Cobra Knight landing again. Mm. That's a little bit overdue. Gents, it's been real. Uh, I will once again point anyone who would like a chance to create their own custom Steel Brigade file card today to check out www.projectsteelbrigade.wordpress.com. Uh, it's run by good old Matt Smelker, who, if the name doesn't ring any bells, maybe the following little little audio drop might. Uh, I'm Christopher. I'm Matt. And I'm Chad, and you're listening to G.I. Joe Review. <laughs> Those guys were the direct influence on us starting this podcast, so respect. Anyways, dealing with Matt was very cool, very efficient, and very, very professional, and I love the product. So Excellent. That's enough sales pitch. Times two. I think all of our listeners should do one and post it uh, on the on the Facebook post when we put the Facebook post up for this uh, episode. Or I'd Twitter. love to see everybody. Or Insta. And, or Twitter, or Insta. And fa- uh, yeah, and then just tag us in G.I. Joburg episode 182. It is yeah. 182, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. Cool. <laughs> What's in a number? A lot. But with that said, <laughs> I think... Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? Um, this will really tickle the numerologists among us. I'm winking at you, Cooch. Sir Sean Connery... If you take the dates of his passing uh, and add them together, 
you get 007. Oh, wow. Nobody will ever upstage him in that, what, that Zardoz bathing suit or whatever that was. Oh, oh my so word. Cool. What was that? I still haven't tracked <laughs> down that film. Maybe I'll make a hologram of that. I've got that film. I am terrified. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. I think uh, my favorite Connery performance was uh, was old indie or old... Uh, Dr. Jones. Yeah. Oh, he's beautiful. Oh, Definitely. my goodness. I think that line about, you know, let the rocks and the birds be your, what did he say, your army. That was pretty freaking Zen sword right there. Yeah, <laughs> deep cut. Yeah. Well, do you guys have a favorite Connery performance to close out? Oh, look! I mean, nobody's delivery of Bond, James Bond, will send the chills down your spine like his initial moment in Doctor No. Hmm. It's a beautifully constructed moment. It's a beautifully constructed reveal. Seeing that cinematic icon for the first time. Oh. I'm getting goose flesh just thinking about it now. Yeah, it's it's a tough moment to beat. Even though there were more nuanced and better Bond films that followed it. I mean, Goldfinger is yeah. probably the, just the be-all and end-all. But, yeah, just that moment, that, that reveal. You can't beat it. Ever. <laughs> How about you, Paulie? Uh, I actually love him from uh, Indiana Jones. Eh? I love that scene um, when they're flying and Indy's like, what happened? He's like, they hit us <laughs> after he like shot the wing. I love that. <laughs> it's just such a, it's such a great like line. And then, and, and it's because Cujo took my whole, you know, when I say my, but one of my absolute favorite things in film is when he quotes Charlemagne for that, uh, when they're on the beach. Um, in Indiana Jones, that was that was a great scene. So Cujo, props to you for picking that. That's a great, great, great memory of Dude, Sean Connery. Him Oof. and him and Indy slept with the same woman too. That's in one scene. That's probably the most seamless that that sort of situation's ever been pulled off on film. It's a tricky yeah. one. It's would, tricky. Would you guys rate Last Crusade over Raiders? Uh, I, I, huh. I, wow, people are gonna hate me for saying stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like by a hair. <laughs> How about you, Cooch? I think I think Raiders will always be more dangerous, but yeah, it's it's a better popcorn movie, I think. It's more polished. It you know, Raiders got its rough edges, which make it an absolute gem of a film. But the interplay between Jones Senior and Jones Junior is just so delicious. <laughs> it's amazing. It's uh. Rest in peace, Sir Sean. Mm. You're a fucking legend, man. Mm. Forever. Mm. This was a robust chat, but it was a good one. I appreciate you bringing it up. So yeah. let's bring it home, boys. It's been a marathon. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Uh, you can get a hold of us in all the usual places. If you're social on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, at us. <laughs> or, hey, YouTube comments thread. That's a new thing. Jump down there and... Tell us about your Steel Brigade adventures and memories. <laughs> what laughable specializations did you tick? Were you a master of Zen, sword, and throwing stars? Or Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> and Taekwondo? <laughs> this is Steve saying, uh, 
It's 3.15 in the morning. It's time to get my ass to bed. I got a plan to catch do? in the morning. <laughs> in <laughs> a plan to catch in four hours. <gasps> nice. Well, the nice thing oh. about planes is that they stand still and they wait for you. Ha <laughs> ha. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. This is Paul saying, I've got an idea with Steel Brigade figures and I'll be checking in with the usual suspects soon. Catch you on the next episode. Mm. And I don't, I, of course I'm saying the universal way, but we may not be G.I. Joe. That's Hasbro, but we are Steel Brigade. Berg. This is Cujo on the West Coast. Day one after election. Let's see what happens. Exciting times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Letters. Berg. Letters. Berg. <laughs>